Pull up a cup of coffee and let's get this party started. We're the uplines you didn't know you needed, but now you have. This is the podcast for women who are building a direct sales business, but want to do it the right way. Melanie has a decade of experience in direct sales. She's earned the top in industry four years in a row and has grown a multi-million dollar organization. She gives a no BS approach to leadership, recruitment, and organization. And my bestie Katie has you covered with the rest. From the relationships, the do's and don'ts of branding, her content has been viewed by millions. She doesn't just talk the talk, but she teaches people how to create an intentional brand too. All right, let's get this party started. Well, hey, everybody, it is Melanie Mitro, the host of the Direct Sales Done Right podcast, and I am here for a solo episode this week, and I am interviewing one of our amazing community members, Leadership Mastermind members, and she also did the Chic Branding Experience, and over the past year, I've really gotten to know Leanne David very, very well. She is a leader in her direct sales industry. She grew to the top two percent of our company in just seven months. And she has owned her own direct sales company for 18 years. She was a former tax accountant who built her business while working 80 hours per week and enrolled in a double master's degree program. Incredible success. She moved to Miami, Florida, and that's where she started her business. And her entire circle of influence was a thousand miles away back here in Pennsylvania. And she's just an incredible person. She has built such an incredible online business, and she's been able to really take what her company did with in person events and has really scaled it online. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that she was a thousand miles away from the people that she knew the best. And she also understood that she could create a lot more influence and impact by doing business online. And today I had the opportunity to interview Leanne and really walk through how she has maximized her online events. And this is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to need to pull over the car or sit down and take some notes But I want to challenge you to implement after you finish today's lesson. I want you to implement what she talks about because it is gold. We have to be a company, individuals who are willing to evolve and change as society shifts and changes. And I feel like we are on the cusp of that right now. So we're going to dive in and listen today to today's podcast episode. But before we do that, hold one second. We are doing listeners of the week. So our listener of the week this week is MAD0912. So MAD0912. She wrote us a review over on iTunes and she said, as a life coach, it is so great to listen to amazing ladies who help direct sellers in a mindset that it is all possible for every type of person, no matter who you are and where your business and what your business is, no matter if you're a newbie or a seasoned entrepreneur. So MAD0912, if you are listening into today's podcast, please send us a direct message over on Instagram at Chic Influencer because you win a private virtual coaching session from Katie and I on one business question that you have. All right, if you would like to be chosen as the listener of the week, head on over to to iTunes. Leave us a rating and review and let us know what you loved most about this podcast. It helps other people find the podcast and connect to it so that we can make a bigger impact in the direct sales world. All right, you guys, now let's dive in and have a conversation with Leanne. All right, everybody. I am here with Leanne David, who is a leader in her direct sales company. And I am really excited to to interview you today because I've had the opportunity to work with you through first, it was the Chic Influencer community, right? That's where we first connected. Yeah. Yeah. And then you did our Chic Branding Experience with Katie. And from there, you joined the Leadership Mastermind. So it's been, what, a year and a half have you been with Chic Influencer? Maybe about a year. Okay. So only about a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I will say I'm so excited to have you because not only I think have we taught you a lot over the past year, but you really have 
you've added some great value to our leadership mastermind and the way that you run business a little bit differently than my background in direct sales. And so today I really want to talk through the way that you've approached your direct sales business over the course of the past two years, since we really had the pandemic and you had to do this like strong shift from in-person events to really learning how to build your business online and through virtual events. So I'm excited to chat with you today, but before, before we do so, I would love for you to just give a little bit of background, tell people where you're from, why you got started in your direct sales company and what really drove you to build a successful business. Well, I just celebrated my 18 year anniversary with my company, which is kind of crazy. It it ages me when I think about that. It makes me feel a lot older than <laughs> yeah, but but you started when you were you started when you were really young though too. So <laughs> I started in my early 20s. My career at the time is I was a tax accountant and it's really all I ever wanted to do. I had this dream of working in a public accounting firm. I landed my dream job. If you would have heard on paper what I got to do every day, it sounded really glamorous, but I quickly realized being in corporate America that all of the women that were in positions of power at my job were faced with a decision eventually where they had to decide, did they want to be a really great wife and mom, or did they want to continue to climb the corporate ladder? And so I always joke that I had a midlife crisis when I was 24, but I'm so grateful for that crisis because one day I'll never forget it. I was sitting in my, at my desk and I just started to look around at all of the people that had the fancy corner offices. And I realized that they were all grumpy old men with damaged marriages, or they were women that chose their career over their family. And none of them were fulfilled. And one day I went into one of my woman partner's offices and she was crying and I was so uncomfortable. I'm like, Oh, I'll come back. I'll come back. And she's like, no, sit down and close the door. And she said, my daughter is calling the nanny mommy. You need to get out of here as fast as you can. And so those were kind of like pivotal things in my career where it could have gone either way. You know, I could have melted down and thought, oh my gosh, I just spent all this year, all these years in school. And, you know, my life completely changed, but I chose to use it as the reason for making a big change because I would never be that person. I never, ever wanted to be that person. And so my direct sales company kind of just fell in my lap. I got invited to a party at one of my friend's houses and I didn't want to go. I was so like, anti-direct sales. I was anti-party, like everything. And I only went because this girl was basically my only friend in the entire state of Florida. I'm not a huge loser, but I had just moved here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from your neck of the woods, Melanie. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I live in South Florida now. So I was very new to the area. This party was like my only hope for like maybe meeting people on a Friday night. So I went begrudgingly. And there was just something that night. I just couldn't shake the feeling when the girl was sharing the opportunity that I just knew I had to give it a try. Mm. And I'm so glad that I did because it was my ticket out of that rat race. And I've never, ever had to make that choice. I still get to be the, the boss every day that runs the company and makes the money and does all the things, but I still get to be a wife and mom too. And so I just really feel like direct sales has allowed me to have it all. And I'm so grateful for that. I got shivers when you were telling your story because it is so true. You know, so many, so many young women have to make that decision between their career and their family life. And people really do feel like they're backed up against the wall and they have no other option. And what I love is that direct sales gives us another option. And When I was first starting my direct sales business, that was one thing that I used to share on social media all the time was you may not even know that this is a possibility. You may not even know that this is viable. You may see people that have success in direct sales, network marketing, but do you realize you can actually do it too? And there might be another mom that feels the same way. So I relate, I relate to that story so much. And When I was reading through your bio at the beginning, you had put in there former tax accountant who built her business while working 80 plus hours a week. 
And you are also enrolled in a double master's degree program. So I'm sure that there are women listening right now that are sitting in an office that maybe have dipped their toe in direct sales and are looking or listening to you right now thinking, oh, I would love to be able to do what she does, but I don't think I could do it. I don't have the time. So when you sat at that party on a Friday night and heard that opportunity, what did the next steps look like? How how did you actually do the things you needed to do to get the business off the ground so you could leave your, your accounting job? Well, one of the big reasons why I was successful so quickly is because I started my business at the holidays. So Mm -hmm. it was the the week before Thanksgiving. And so if you are thinking like, Hey, it's a busy time of year, I'll wait till January, or maybe you're a direct seller and you're kind of tapering down your business for the year and thinking like, I'll just wait till after the holidays. Heck no. I always say the hat, the holidays is like the gasoline on the fire that can make your success so much bigger because you're coming in at a time of year where everybody is shopping. So I do know that starting this time of year was such a blessing, but I, I was, I was enrolled in a MBA and a master's in tax program. So (laughs) it sounds so nerdy. (laughs) I was so nerdy. Um, but I was, I mean, I was working 80 hours a week on a slow week, to be honest, that was kind of our minimum and going to school on nights and weekends. I mean, I, I really had no time. Like my last tax season at my job, I averaged 111 hours a week at work. So if you're thinking you don't have the time, unless you're working three full-time jobs, which was about the amount of hours that I was committed to at work, in school, you really can do this. And I just remember thinking if I find a way to work this hard for myself, as hard as I'm working for these other people, I know that I can make this happen. And so I, I say it nauseum. There's this quote that I heard from one of my business mentors years ago, and it was like the biggest gut punch in the world to me. And I will never forget it. And she said that God created you and God created the day. And so if you can't get done everything that you need to do during that day, there's something that you're doing that God is not calling you to do. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I still had to work my job. I still needed to make my money to pay my bills. At that point, I wasn't ready to drop out of school yet. You know, I, I, I started my business, not really thinking it was going to become anything full-time for me. It was just a way to make a little bit of extra money to take the edge off my budget. But I just knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't know a single thing about the industry that I was in. Like every, all the odds were stacked against me, but my gut, I knew that it was the right decision. And if your gut tells you that this is where you're being called, then you would be crazy to not listen to it. Mm -hmm. And so I just focused on work and school and building my business. And there were a lot of things that I said no to, but I really was very good about only saying yes to the things that I knew I was being called to do. And it somehow just all worked out. It wasn't always pretty. It doesn't mean that there weren't sleepless nights. It doesn't mean that it was easy. I mean, I had to grind it out, but I I just had such a clear vision for what I wanted my life to be and what I wanted my life not to be. And I felt like every single day that I stayed in that corporate job, I was inching closer and closer and closer to having to make that decision between my family and my career that I never wanted to make. Mm. So I felt like the pressure was on to get out of that situation as quickly as I possibly could. So my business started off as just a way to make some extra money, but very quickly I saw what it could do for me. And that's when I really caught the vision and the dream of, you know, this really could be my career. Yeah. And you reached the top 2% of your company in just seven months. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. That's a power of vision. When I listen to you to talk about 
your story, you had a very crystal clear vision of what you wanted, but also what you didn't want. And I'm sure that there were many of those maybe sleepless nights or late nights where you had to remind yourself of the vision that you wanted and how badly you didn't want to go back to or have to continue to stay in that that rat race that you were in. And, and honestly, for me, it would have just been that conversation with a coworker or boss. I forget who exactly it was where she was saying that the nanny was calling you know, the kids were calling the nanny mom, that would have been enough for me to be like, keep going, keep messaging, keep inviting, keep hosting the events. Right. But it's keeping that, that vision alive. It was the work ethic for sure. You have to have this killer work ethic and then belief, belief that it's possible for you. And that even if you don't have all the answers, you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yes. Everything is figure outable. Everything is, have you read that book by Marie Forleo? That yes. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I have said everything is figure outable for so long. And then she came out with the book. I was like, well, that was perfect. That goes right <laughs> along with my, with my thinking. So, you know, you for the past 16, 17 years, I guess COVID it's been two years for 17, 16 years. I can't do my math land today. You <laughs> built, you time. built your business. I know. I know you built your business in person You through events getting together with other, other individuals and COVID really brought this shift for your business. And that's really how we got connected. So I want to talk a little bit about how you ran your business pre COVID and then what really, how did you change things over the last two years? Because you have been just like a leading change agent, even within your company for how to do business differently too. And I really want to talk about that. Well, I always say that our biggest curse or our biggest obstacle is also our biggest blessing if you allow it to be. So when I started my business and I had like one friend in the whole state of Florida, I could have let that be the reason why I didn't get started. But instead I looked at it and I thought, well, how could I? work this business. Cause I can remember when my mentor, you know, we have a, a goal in our company to have 30 um, faces in our first 30 days. And I just thought like, I don't have 30 people and it wasn't an excuse. I legitimately didn't, I didn't know anyone here. And so that could have been what stopped me from starting, but looking back on it now, it was such a pivotal decision time in my career because I had to find a way to work in my entire circle of influence was over a thousand miles away in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So unbeknownst to me, I started working virtually right from the start before working virtually was even a thing. And wow. you guys, we did not have Facebook, Instagram. We barely had email. I'm talking like I would send samples to people and I would call them and say, did your samples come? And they'd say no. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'll call you tomorrow. And then I would call them the next day and I'd be like, are you ready for your appointment? And I'd be like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, okay, I'll call you the next day. Then I would get them in the bathroom with their samples. And I'd be like, okay, can you find the, the packet that says cleanser and just squirt that out and wash your face? And then I would realize they were like washing their face with eyeshadow. I mean, it, it was all on the phone while I was driving to and from work. And wow. But I didn't know any better. And that was the beginning of me developing the skill of working with people and developing relationships if you weren't face-to-face -face with them. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. There is something to be said for face-to-face -face and in-person, but I can tell you, and Melanie can tell you, you can build relationships and you can connect with people and you can have a strong business without ever being in their presence. And so that was my first taste of that. So I do come from a party plan company. I did build a lot of my, my business in people's houses around kitchen tables, doing all those things. And all of those things work. Yeah. But I always questioned it. If I can be honest, because I thought, well, you know, I live in an area where there's hurricanes and half of my team is in Pennsylvania, where I always joke, if the Steelers, if there's a Steeler game on, they're not working that day. And so we were always taught to build our business in different geographical pockets. And I thought, well, if I could just do what I did before, like on the phone or, you know, as technology grew, when we had FaceTime and zoom and things like that, I thought, well, that's a way that I can grow geographically. Why wouldn't I find a way to do that? So even though I was primarily in person around kitchen tables, I have never had a local team Interesting. ever. 
I've always had people building all around the place because I was always very cognizant of doing that. And back before we, when we had crap technology, I still embraced the technology. Yeah. Well, a few years before COVID we moved and we only moved about 45 minutes away from where we used to live, but it was far enough to where I knew that I was at a point in my career again, where I had to adapt. So that's when I made the shift to start doing all of my team trainings on zoom. Mm. And I really mastered being able to train people, connect with people, bring my team together. We have great team camaraderie. Like I've got girls in Florida that are friends with the girls in Utah. Like we have successfully done that. And it was really taboo at the time. Like I, I know that I got talked about a little bit, like, Oh, really? She's not even training her people in person, but I just knew what I knew. And I knew that that's what I needed to do, that that's what was best for me. And that's what was best for my people. Well, hey everyone, it is Katie and Melanie, and we are interrupting our own podcast to let you know that it is official. The direct sales done right. 52 week business and marketing planner is officially available. This has been a work of heart for months. We've been working behind the scenes on creating a planner that is all about your business and your marketing in one simple location. Yeah. And we're so excited for you to officially have an opportunity to purchase it and integrate it into your business practices as well. This planner consists of four key areas that are going to help you create a thriving and successful business that you love without the burnout. So these key areas include the direct sales done right section, where we're actually teaching you Mm -hmm. and walking you through how to use the planner and how to really approach direct sales in the right way. We walk you through vision casting done right. It's how we uniquely craft our vision, really look at the direction of where we want to go, and then break that down into the goal setting section so that you have a vision that is backed by goals and that helps you then align to the daily practices in your business. We walk you through how to create a social media marketing calendar and a weekly layout. And one of the things that I love the most about this planner is that we really focus on the data, the numbers, analyzing your trends and your stats to help guide you with the content that you're creating in future weeks. It really professionalizes and simplifies the the market of direct sales. And I also love the confetti section too, which is really a great way to help your direct sales business really pop. And we give some of our own strategies and techniques that we've used over 11 years of building in the industry to the top, um, how we've been able to do it. So this is a great way to get organized, to be more productive and to clarify your brand messaging on your social media platform so that you can attract the ideal client and really convert them into raving fans and team members too. All right, you guys. So here's what you're going to do. You are going to head over to the show notes. You are going to click the link. You are going to get your but you're going to get your planner and your time blocker bundle together because you guys, this is going to help set you up for next year and success in your direct sales business. So I can even remember when I would teach in-person trainings or do in-person events, we always had the computer there with zoom. And so we started like just having the out of town people up on the screen and, you know, so little by little by little, I just really started to see the benefit that I could reach more people that if things were recorded, it gave an opportunity to somebody that maybe couldn't be there at that particular time, a chance to take advantage of what we had to offer. And I always look at my business as Leanne, when she started her business, when she was the busy accountant, when she was going to school and she truly had no time. And it was such a unique situation. The systems that I'm putting in place today would Leanne back then have been able to take advantage of it. And I always just thought I was so grateful for my recruiter who never had any have tos with me. It wasn't, you have to show up here on Monday night at seven, or you won't be successful. You have to work your business in person or it will never be successful. She always encouraged me to make my own way and pave my own way. And because she gave me that freedom, I'm still here. So I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. So by the time that COVID hit, I... I was like, let's freaking go. Like I can do this. Like I went into psycho mode. We're going to do our parties online. We're going to run things on Facebook. Like I, I shifted like at a rapid pace, but it's because I had always kind of had that belief in me all these years that like, I actually think I can work more if I do it this way. 
And I don't know if any of you and and Melanie, I know that you have felt this way. Like you want to do more in your business and you, you want to help more people and serve more customers and do more things, but you don't have any more nights of the week. And I didn't have any more nights of the week. And so before COVID, I was thinking if I need to continue to do things in person, my business is going to stay right where it is because I can't duplicate myself. I've run out of hours, but working virtually, you can have people from all over the country. You can work with a hundred people instead of five people. You can record things. So someone in a different time zone can catch it. So I was kind of already looking for permission, I guess, to make that switch. So when COVID came, it was like, nobody could tell me anything. There was no other way to do it. So in some way I was grateful for that because it gave me the permission that I needed to, to make that shift. And we will never go back. We had our best year ever in 2020 and I didn't work any more hours. I was just able Mm -hmm. to reach more people because of the online systems that I had put into place. That was, that was me too. It was actually in the first six months that I was in my direct sales business. I was doing these in-person events where we were in a health and wellness industry. We would do, they called them shaken shares back then. And you would get together, you would do a group workout, you would sample the products. And I would always come with different handouts and a different topic that we would talk about. And I would, you know, get my box, take it, you know, my little roller cart, take it over to the to little community center. And I would set up and I remember tallying up the hours takes me an hour to go over, to get set up, to chit chat with people, an hour to do the class. I stand there and talk for an hour by the time I get home. I mean, it it was three, three and a half hours away from the house and people loved these classes and they were filling up. And so I would add a second night and a third night. And I got to one point where I said, if I add more nights, I am taking all of these hours away from my family but I could sit in front of my computer and probably make 10 times the amount of sales that I'm making in this one class that I'm doing. And that for me was really the shift that said, I can make a bigger impact online. Not that I don't also mix that in with in-person events, but when you look at time and you look at what you're saying yes to, especially as even society evolves, you know, you really have to look at, is this the best use of my time? Is this the best bang for my buck? Where do people want to be in community? People really are even today, you know, year after year, we get more people want to just, they want to do it on their own. They want to watch a video on their own. They want to to learn about the products on their own. And so if we give, we really do kind of close ourselves off from opportunities when we don't do things online or when we aren't presenting ourselves online as well. Right. So yep. I totally and I see that. like people get their information these days in 15 second TikToks or a 30 mm-hmm. minute reel. And so if that's the way that people are consuming information, I look at it and say, why do I want to take something that maybe I learned in a 30 second reel and turn it into a two hour in-person event that you have to drive to sit there for whatever you can convey the same amount of information and do it just as effectively in 30 seconds sometimes. And I know that's like a major, major mind shift for a lot of people. And especially if you have been in a party plan business and you've done it the same way all these years and had success with it. Like I did, like it, it's not something you're just going to shift on a dime to doing because there's that uncertainty with it. But if you just look at society in general, how people are consuming their information, like people aren't sitting down and watching the nightly news for a half hour or an hour every night, like they're getting it in in a a quick soundbite. You look at the news articles that are written online. They're not pages and pages. They're like two paragraphs. Like we are in a society where it is condensed down your information because we all have the attention spans of gnats. (laughs) But (laughs) the benefit of that is, is that you can get more work done in less time. And like, I'm all about doing that. Me too. Me too. So do you, do you feel, I agree with you. And we've been sharing podcast episodes just about the way that society is changing. You know, really we come from, they call it the analog, you know, generation where we really measure the quality of relationships or experiences by what we can touch and feel and see with our eyes versus the digital generation, which really everything is what they can consume in a TikTok or what they can watch on YouTube in a YouTube short. And so do you feel that 
do you feel that the party plan, and this is kind of a bold question. Do you feel like the in-person party plan business is dying? Do you think that that's something, I don't know what, I'm just curious about your stance on that as somebody that comes from that industry. I don't feel like it's dying. I think that there's a time and a place for it. For sure. There's always going to be women that want to gather. There's always going to be those fun girlfriend nights. So I don't think that it's dying, but do I think that that should be your 100% sole focus where you now just after COVID, it's like, we're going to go back to the way things were. You heard, I went to school for a really long time to learn business. Like I'm extremely qualified in noticing trends and, and picking up on changes and you know, I, I spent some time in auditing too, where it was my job to look at companies and find ways that things could go wrong. And I think that if you have that attitude, like let's hurry up and get back in person, let's go back to the way it was before COVID. I think that that is not going to serve you four years from now, five years Mm -hmm. from now certainly not 10 years from now. And what I love about the things that you and I have been listening to about the analogs and the digitals, it's, you know, that the analogs see there's the online world and then there's the real world as we sometimes call it. And analogs believe that the only way you can truly build meaningful relationships is in person. The digitals, there's just the world and their world is the online world. They don't distinguish between it. And I, ever since we've started studying that, I'm starting to listen to like my son and his friends and like younger people, how they're talking. They don't talk about the real world. There's no in-person versus virtual. Their world is online. And so if you're Mm -hmm. looking for longevity in your business, you have to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, those, those digitals are going to be, you know, late twenties, mid thirties, forties, the world as we know it has changed. And so you are catering to a world that no longer exists, whether you think it exists or not, it just doesn't business data will tell you that it doesn't, but the further and further along we go, the more and more we have to embrace the digital. And Mm -hmm. so I think for a direct seller that is used to working in person, you have to stop seeing them as two separate things. And you have to stop seeing them as one is better than the other because they're not. There are times in society where we go through seismic shifts in how we live, what our value structure is. And so think about whenever Henry Ford invented the car. Okay. Could you ride a horse from Florida to California? Yeah. Is that your best? Yes. Probably not. And there's not anybody still these days that's like, oh, I don't need that newfangled car, right? Think about when the internet came and email. What if you were a business owner when email came out and you're like, oh, well, the handwritten note is just so much better. I'm not going to do that email. Would you still be in business right now? No. So just like with a handwritten note, I think that's something we can easily relate to. There's times where you want a handwritten note. I don't send my mom a text for her birthday. Okay. She gets a handwritten card in the mail, right? There's times where that extra in-person loving on people is necessary. But if that's all you're doing, you are missing out on all of these other opportunities that are there because you're just, you know, don't bite off your nose to spite your face. So I I think Mm -hmm. you have to have a lot more virtual than you do in person. And I, I do really feel that it is a grave, grave, grave mistake to not embrace that. I agree. You said it, you said it so well, it, you did, and you gave great explanations and I believe it. I believe everything you said in terms of they coexist, the in-person, we, people still do want to get together. Even our young, our young generation that, you know, they're always trying to decide, is this real life or is this online life, you know? But let's talk about what does this look like in practice? So what are some of the ways that you have just shifted up the way you do business, the way you have done things online, and you do a really good job running these virtual events that are generating a lot of revenue for your downline, for yourself, for for the company. So can we just talk a little bit about the events that you do, how you run those, and just the results that you're getting so far? Yeah. So I would say to somebody that's in a party plan company, 
when you're thinking about how to have an online party. I, I get asked this all the time, like, how do you work online? And I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that because it's really, you just do the same things that you did in person so well, you just have to find a screen to do it through. So my parties that I do, it's the exact same product. It's the exact same presentation. It's literally the exact same everything. I just do it on Zoom where before I was limited to how many people someone could fit around their kitchen table, which is probably six. People could always bring in folding chairs and stuff from their garage. And I I can remember before I, when I would only do things in person, it was like, oh my gosh, if you're going to have 20 people at your party, you won't sell as much because you kind of lose control of it and it's chaos and whatever. Where now I've done parties on Zoom where there's 50, 60 people there. And yeah. to see 50 or 60 people around kitchen tables, that would have been 10 parties, 12 parties. And before COVID in my company, we would be like, if you have 10 parties in a month, that's like amazing. Well, now you can do it in one singular event. And mm -hmm. so it's not that you're changing up all of the tried and true principles that worked for you for so long. You now can just do them in front of so many more people. So yeah. I like doing my personal parties on zoom. We do do some of our personal parties on Facebook in a Facebook group. And I just ask the person that's hosting, tell me about your friends. What do you think they'll like more? Some people, like I can think of one particular party I had that was wildly successful. They were all friends. They hadn't seen each other in a while. They lived all across the country. They were like, you know, it was a really tight knit group. They were so so excited to see each other's faces and we were on zoom and they all had their cameras on and they were washing their faces and laughing and joking. And it was so great. And that was wildly successful. There have been other times where I've done it on zoom where maybe the people don't know each other. Like the hostess has people from work, people from church, a couple neighbors. So it's a whole bunch of strangers on there and people would have their cameras off or like, maybe they didn't feel comfortable like being seen on camera. So I've learned like parties like that are better on Facebook because people just want to watch it and not be seen. And the only way to know is just ask your hostess. But that's what I found. Yeah. If the people all know each other, zoom is going to be great. If it's a hodgepodge of people, Facebook live is sometimes better, but I've done one-on-ones over FaceTime. So don't overthink yeah. it. You just need to get in front of some sort of screen where you can see them and they can see you. Okay. That's it. And then just do okay. what you've always known to do so well, it really yeah. truly is that simple. I think sometimes we overthink it. Now, one thing that I've started doing is I hold a once a month guest event where okay. I put on the event and my whole entire team can come. So for direct sales leaders, you want to be thinking about that. I don't coddle my people. I'm kind of a tough as nails leader. They would probably tell you, I probably need to like soften just a smidge, but I am who I am. And sometimes someone's going to come into your organization and they may not have the skill set, the confidence, the time, the desire, you know, for whatever reason for them to go out and do it on their own. And so once a month, I have a guest event that I do that my entire organization can come to and they can invite their guests to. And it's great because they get to learn while they earn. They get to watch me do an event to see how it's done. They'll see how simple and easy it is usually. And then it gives them the confidence to go do their own. But also for somebody that was like me when I started, I loved that my recruiter had one event that I could bring people to. So instead mm -hmm. of me having to go do all these individual people that I didn't necessarily have time to do, I could growl them all, bring them to her. She would put on the event and I sat and took notes and I watched and I learned. And that really is how I learned to do what I do because I just watched her so many times. So having at least a once a month event for your people to come to is really great. Even if you have new people in your organization, they may not have any guests to bring take the time to make, make those extra phone calls to invite them to make sure they're getting on because that's another way that they can build that camaraderie. That's how they feel part of the team. That's how they can start to learn about the products. 
So I have found that those once a month guest events are so great and they're pretty large. They've, they've grown. When we first started doing them, people were unsure. And so I think if you're starting something new and it doesn't go right, right off the bat, don't be so quick to scrap it. You want to commit to something for at least six months before you can say whether it works or it doesn't. So the first like one or two times I did it, I think they were just unsure and, you know, they were used to kitchen tables and it's like, what is Leanne? doing is she lost her mind. But now that we do it, we're just in a groove every single month. And we actually have clients of ours that love it so much that they come every month. They show up for the event every month and they buy product every single month where I think somebody wouldn't show up at a party every single month for six months, right? but it's allowed us to expose them to new products, different things. And so as a result, we have more whole customers where they're using not just one or two of our products, they're using like whole systems and like all over their body. And so it's really just those online once a month guest events, man. It's like, I could give you 200 reasons why that's a really smart, profitable thing for you to do with your team. I love that. So I love these guest events and I think that there's a right way to do them and a wrong way to do them. And I, and I will tell you, so I don't, I'm trying to think of the right wording. (laughs) I want you to cut. I'm like, how do I make this sound good? You know, you can go into an event and you can, as the host of the event, I can go in and I can read why the products are amazing. It was created by a doctor and it has all this backing. And sometimes people like want to come in and give facts and facts don't sell. We know that. So stories do. So when you're doing these guest events and you're running them, what are some do's and some don'ts to actually get people excited, engaged, but also to actually purchase? Like, so thinking about, I don't want to just spout out facts. What can you just give us some quick tips? Yeah. Well, I have to thank you and Katie for this, because I think like I kind of was good at this, but going like being in the sheet community and the mastermind and the branding experience, I mean, name a product that you guys have. I've done it. So <laughs> launch new things. I need some more stuff yes. to consider. <laughs> okay. But you guys have really taught me how to write good content. And I think one of the best pieces of advice that I had heard from you both is you're selling the solution to a problem. You're not selling a product. Because, you know, with what you do in the health and wellness space, somebody can go buy your shakes from anybody. Why would they come to you? You know, for me, somebody can buy cleanser. You can buy cleanser from anybody in my company. You can buy cleanser at the drugstore, you know? So what is going to make us different than everybody else that's out there in that market? And I think that it's selling, selling the solution to a problem instead of your product. So for example, Right now it's the holidays. So I'm talking to my team a lot about an event that we're getting ready to have in December and I'm teaching them how to write their content and their content isn't going to be, well, here's this gift set and here's what it does and here's who it's good for. And here's why it's on special and here's whatever, like you want to think about your target market customer. What are they struggling with right now? Well, my target market customer right now is like, well, Thanksgiving's over now it's like in Christmas mode. I haven't started shopping or I've kind of started shopping and it's getting overwhelming or I'm almost done with my shopping, but I'm down to those like last couple of people that I just don't know what to buy for. And it's stressing me out. So where I could come to you and tell you about every gift that I have and what's in it and how much and why it's better and whatever, instead you can say, you know, tell me, where are you in your gift shopping? Haven't started yet. Almost done struggling with the end. You know, here's these items that I have. This item would be good. If you have a bunch of teachers, do your kids have a whole bunch of teachers that you need to get a gift for, but maybe you don't want to spend, you don't have a whole ton of money in your budget to get them something huge. Here's an awesome little gift. You can get 13 of them in a set and bam, you can knock out all the teachers all in one fell swoop they don't care what it is. (laughs) Like, you know, the product that you're selling is amazing, but you have just appealed to my emotions. You have just solved a problem. You have just taken a massive thing off of my to-do list, saved me a ton of time done. I don't care what it is. I didn't even tell you what the product was. I just knocked 13 people off your list. Great. 
you know, or you could say, you know, here's what we have for the men in your life. You know, did you know that we also have stuff for men? And so here's this really great set. And here's why it's great because no matter how old or how young, or whether they like this, that, or the other thing, this is the universal man gift. Every man from the age of 14 to 114 is going to love this. So, you know, and it's got a great price point. So you always want to get into the psyche of what are they struggling with and how can you solve their problem through your products? I love that. So So it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Our guests are like taking like that. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Cause you're kind of taking, you're taking out, what do I need to sell? What's my quota that I need to reach? And you're putting yourself in the shoes of the person on the other end, your ideal client. What is the problem I'm solving for them? And you're changing your thought process. And inevitably you reach your sales goals when you are thinking about the client and not just you. Yes, exactly. So all of our events every month, we have a different theme, you know? So when it was August and September, my target client was in back to school mode, you know? So it was, you know, I think we had, we had a a back to school event. Then we had busy moms build a business. We had mask mania for Halloween. We had Friendsgiving in November. We had sweater weather get together. We had all sorts of things. So no, which thank you for that name. That was the best event we ever did. (laughs) Melanie gave us that name. We even bought Melanie there are our sweaters right now at Target that say sweater weather get together. I'll send you the link. They're so cute. It's red. It says sweater weather and orange. So we're already ready for next year. (laughs) I love it. I need this. I need this. No matter when we're doing them, we're always thinking, where's my target market customer right now? And her needs and her problems and her issues and her wants are going to change depending on what time of year it is. So that's why you always have an excuse to have another event with a different theme where you're focused on different things. So it's like, it's never ending content. Yeah. It's incredible. My mind is already going with just ideas in general for the people that I I get to work with. And so I hope that our listeners, as they are sitting here right now, listening, that you guys are really starting to jot down different ideas for how you can do your own guest events, right? So really starting to say, even if your company isn't doing online events like this right now, remember at the beginning of this podcast episode, Leanne was really the first person to start doing this within her company too, but she had this gut feeling that she needed to make a shift, that there was a different way to do business. There was a different way to get to the outcome. And maybe you're in that that space right now where you're feeling that tug in that pull and saying there's got to be a different way. And this could be a great or opening door into doing business a little differently to really seeing your income grow, to reaching more people. And honestly, sometimes it re-engages old customers from before that fell through the cracks or you haven't kept in touch with. And so this is a really great way to see a momentum shift in your business, especially now. Like you said at the beginning, now is a really good time during the holidays to double down and go all in with your business because that's going to springboard you into next year and 2023 and everything moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So what final piece of advice, just, you know, if somebody that's listening to this right now and a little nervous about hosting their first guest event, what can, what advice can you tell them um, about hosting their first event? Just do it. Don't overthink it. If you are already thinking about having your first guest event, then it's because your gut is telling you to have it, just have it. My first ones that I did, even having all the experience that I had in my business were still kind of cringy and we still sold product and we still added team members and people thought that it was great. (laughs) So sometimes you just have to start. And what's so great about what we all do. Like you're not a doctor. Nobody's going to die if you make a mistake. And I swear to you, sometimes it's the events where I feel like I did the worst job, the worst, like my dog comes in and is barking or the landscapers show up outside, or I drop my stuff all over the floor. Or I forget an item or, you know, those times where you get off and you're just like, what did I just do? Yeah. I'm telling you, sometimes those are the most successful ones and it doesn't have to be perfect if things are so perfect all the time, people think they can't be you. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's when you drop your product on the floor or you have, I mean, I can't tell you how many events I've done with a dog in my lap. I'm so surprised that one of them has not come in here right now because my customers 
to just know now, like, oh, hi, like there's the dogs because they were barking and it just makes Mm -hmm. you relatable. And those sometimes are the things that build those relationships that help you connect with people that you are just a normal person that is running a successful business behind that screen. And it makes others believe they can do it too. So you just have to start. I love that. I love it. I love it. All right. Last question. Best lesson learned through your direct sales business. Oh gosh. Just one. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. So you could say, I know best lesson. I know it's hard. My direct sales business has given me confidence in a lot of ways, but especially in my decision-making, I have learned to listen to my gut like I was talking about before, and it might be totally against the grain. It might be something that's going to ruffle some feathers, but I have learned that like, I really do know what's best. And that has transferred over into my family and my friendships, like just so many of the life skills that we learn in this company. I, I just think about the kind of person I would be had I stayed an accountant instead of pushing through on this. And I don't know that that's the kind of person I would have wanted to become. And I see those same lessons now showing up in my boys. You know, Mm -hmm. I hear how they talk to their friends. I see how they overcome a tricky sports situation or a bad grade on a test or, you know, drama within their friend groups. Like I just see how those little boys respond to things. And I know that they have gotten those life skills from watching me do it for so long. And that to me is the most, the most priceless thing that this business has given me is what it has done for my kids. They, they are, they are different because Mm -hmm. of it. So it's all the lessons. I know you wanted one answer, but Yeah. Yeah. All of that, seeing it now go into my family is just, it's, it's made every ounce of hard work worth it. Yeah, it has. I agree with that too. And, and I think our boys are similar, similar ages Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. They, they only know mom working from home. They only know mom building her own business. And they always say, I know mom, you tell us we can have anything that we want if we're willing to work (laughs) hard at it, you know, and they see the work ethic and they know what goes into building a business. And I would like to think that we're just mate, we're raising up these independent thinkers that believe that the sky is endless, that there are possibilities, you know, as far as you can see. And so I love that. I love that this career has allowed us to think bigger, dream bigger, and just do more than we ever thought possible. It's so cool. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. We recorded way longer than I thought we would record, (laughs) but it was so good. I I could pick your brain all day, every day. Uh, But if people want to connect with you, they can find you on Instagram. Okay. David. Okay, perfect. I will put that into the show notes. People can connect with you if they want to check you out, check out your social media. You have a great account, great following. You give great business advice and a lot of humor in there too. And I love it. It's just real life for sure. But thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. It's been a joy and I can't wait to have you back again in the future. Thank you for having me, Melanie. All right, you guys, was that episode not amazing? Leanne was so inspiring. And for me, I really love just how real and honest she is about the work that it took to build her business, to get out of an unfulfilling career that she knew was headed for a brick wall, one that was going to lead her feeling unfulfilled as a mom and a wife. And today, here she is 18 years later, she is speaking on podcasts. She has her own podcast as well. She is leading a large organization and she's super present with her boys. You guys, live events are where it's at. I've had the honor and privilege of hosting one of my own events because of Lee. Anne's guidance. And it was amazing. We had over 277 online sales in just an hour. It was incredible. So you guys, it does work. And I'm so excited to be one of the students that has implemented the teachings that she has put out there. So you guys, if you love today's podcast episode, don't forget to head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. So you can be a listener of the week and tag us at Chic Influencer when you take a screenshot of today's podcast episode and let us know what 
you loved most about it. All right, we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Direct Sales Done Right podcast.